We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Spider-Man. You get all the attention now. Ooh, I like that. Spider-Man. That might be called new nickname. Swider basket in a foul. Eddie Casey. Swider. Answer back. Swider from deep. Laces the three. Swider. And one. Count the bucket. Welcome back to the Swider Show. Episode 51, Patty. 51. Um, really excited to have you guys back on the show. Obviously, we had our, our episode last Monday uh, with me on it. Patty and uh, Adam did a great job. With a little, a little short. So excited to ha- to be back. We had a great guest this week, Jake Marsh, and uh, Jake Marsh, college basketball expert, a part of a part of the part of my take podcast, the biggest sports podcast in the world. So really excited to have him on the podcast. We we, we broke down everything, Patty. We talked about uh, we talked about the Syracuse Orange this year. We talked about. Our, our national championship picks. We talked about our national player of the year picks. So uh, yeah, no, it was a great episode. Really excited to, for you guys to hear that. But in the meantime, Patty, I mean, I feel like we don't talk that much anymore, man. So so this is it's a good refresher to kind of get back on the show and, and just catch up every week. Absolutely, yeah. Um, like you said, Jake was tremendous. He's the man. He's now uh, been dubbed our college basketball expert. So hopefully, it comes on throughout the year. Um, Maybe a little tease. You'll be in the office. You'll be in the Chicago Barstool office in a few weeks. If that works out. Huge. I know huge. we mentioned that. But, um, yeah, excited for you guys to hear that. Swar, yeah, like how the hell are you, man? I mean, pretty pretty tough week for the Heat. I mean, as, as far as the schedule goes, I know um, you guys are off to a 1-3 start. Not ideal, not what you guys were hoping for. But yeah. I feel like a lot of that was, even though it's so early in the season, a couple schedule losses. Yeah, so, I mean – it's tough, man. The, the travel in the NBA is always tough. Um, I think we've talked about this before in the past, like with some of like my other travel stories. Like we we've gotten in at three, four in the morning, mo- multiple nights, and, and you have to go out and perform those next days. So I, I think it's tough, man. It's, it's tough because we haven't been at full health yet. Um, but but Spo is is approaching the regular season. I think the one one thing that he always says is like we're gonna approach this with intention. We're gonna we're gonna approach this regular season with intention, and I think once we get healthy, we're gonna get a we're gonna get a good run and get these bounce back wins. Yeah, I mean, um, like I said, I feel like the schedule makers were pissed off at you guys because like you end up playing Boston. That was a phenomenal game. You yeah. play uh, Minnesota the very next night, and then last night you guys played Milwaukee. But do you feel like um, like the Boston and Milwaukee games in particular were like there's added 
I don't know, like with the history of last year, you weren't in the locker room for those playoff series, but do you feel like yeah, like those are more emotional games, even though like you're saying, Spoch was every single game the same. Yeah, no, it's it, it's been, it's it's definitely like the intensity felt like a playoff game, especially in Boston, um, and the crowds are great. Like obviously, there's all this. Like the, you feel like they're just trying to get like revenge on you the whole entire time, right? But I, I think I think the one thing that Spo does a really good job of is like, like I said before, he he approaches every single game the same. He approaches every single game like wanting to win the game, and it's, as simple as that sounds, it's not it's not that simple around the whole entire game. Right, game. it's not um, the case there's, there's, there's a lot of factors, so I, I think it's been good. Um, Spo's done a great job of just just really trying to hone on the details, and I just think we, we haven't been at full health yet. Once we get right. back to full health, we'll, we'll kind of see, see it a little bit better. Our schedule will be a little bit better um, coming up, and hopefully we don't have a back-to-back going from Boston to Minnesota getting at 4 in the morning because um, that, that is tough. That, that does seem like a schedule loss. Right. Did you, uh, did you have a bunch of family at the Boston game? Yeah, the Boston game was unbelievable, man. Got to see my boys the night before, go out to dinner in the North End. If you've been to the North End in Boston, it's one of the best places to go to if you're looking for Italian food. Um Went out, went out there, uh, and then I, I had the Heat were so gracious enough to bless my family with, with a bunch of tickets for the game. So that was that was obviously great as well. So um, really, really great to see my family. Wish we could have gotten the win, um, but I thought it was a great game. I thought that a lot of positives came out of that game, and um, we're just gonna keep on trucking along, keep right. on trucking along. Obviously, went to Minnesota, lost a tough one uh, in Minnesota, but got to get a couple minutes out there. So that, that was yeah. fun. Let's stay there. Let's yeah, like the Minnesota there. game. I mean, like you're saying, you like you guys seem a little tired. Like it's very understandable traveling. Um, no, Jay bought that game. Like Minnesota's very good, but as Swatter Shell listeners and and fans and friends were uh, very pleased to see. I looked at that game as win because you check in two minutes, three shots up. That's that's what I love to see the most. But. Um, I mean, you flushed out a dunk, your first two in the NBA, first official two in the NBA. Yeah. Put up yeah. five up on the board. Um, I don't know. What was, like, the the feeling after that game? Like, did it feel totally different than the preseason? Yeah, it does feel different. Checking into a regular season game, it feels a lot different. I think when you're playing the regular uh, – the preseason, sorry, um, there's, like, this attitude of, like, we're just trying to, like, Test everything out, trying to see these different lineups. It's not. It's not the pressure to win those games. Even though you want it, you want to win the game. It's not the pressure like to like really like win the game, right? Mm-hmm. During the regular season, like everything's real. The stats are real. Um, the the officials are calling the game differently. Uh, the players are taking it more serious. The coaches are taking it more serious. And uh, man, it's just it, it felt great to get out there and try to take advantage of my two minutes as much as possible. So. Also to that point, a question I wanted to ask you because we were sort of texting about this offline, um, as you'd say in the business world, but that was the only game that you were, in quotes, activated. And I know, like we've mentioned that there's three two-ways now, and you were explaining to me how there's now 90 total games that two-ways can be activated total, um, but also up to 50 individually. So can you just explain that for like someone who doesn't understand contracts and is dumb like myself? Yeah, so the new CBA obviously introduced a third two-way. Um, the third two-way is obviously a blessing for thirty other guys to have a chance to play in an NBA game, which is which is awesome, right? Um, but when they did that, they also made a rule that you can only be active. The three two-ways can only be activated for ninety games combined. Um, 
So one player can be activated for 50 games, up to 50 games, but all three combined, like I just said, can only be activated for 90 games. Uh, we're at nine games activated right now. So there's there's been uh, Jamal and RJ have suited up for all four, and then I've only suited up for, for one. So at nine, about 10% done for the season. We've been out of, activated. Out of 90. Out of 90, yeah. It, it could be a good thing as well because let's say Jamal does get activated for 50 games or RJ does get activated or myself get activated for 50 games um, and you're playing well, they want to keep you in the rotation, they want you to play, then you have to, then you kind of have to make a decision. And he does right. have a 15th roster spot. So all, all those things are, are in play. But at, at the same time, um, it is a blessing to obviously have a two-way. It's just... It's part of the CBA now, so you right. like I think I think every single team is is approaching a little bit differently, and uh, I haven't seen a lot of two ways dressed to be honest. Um, a, a lot of these two ways, they're just kind of saving those days of of activation for the games, um, for the for the game for the games where they need guys when, when they're injured. And, where there's uh, like hopefully injuries, not hopefully injuries, yeah. but when yeah. there are yeah. injuries, it's inevitable. We don't hope yeah. for injuries, but. And we we've honestly had, had injuries to our team early in the season, so we we've been using those using those right. guys to be activated. So um, last year though, it was like like that's a new rule. Like last year it was individually you could play up to fifty each two way. Yeah, yeah. So uh, both both two ways play up to fifty, and then they just changed the rule to ninety altogether. So for the listeners out there, if we were us three were on a two way with um, the Heat, let's say. For example, hypothetically. Yeah, yeah. Let's just throw it out there. If you had fifty, me and Adam would then have forty between us to play games in. Yep, yep. That's okay. how it works. All right. See, that's very helpful, not only for the listeners but for me because I didn't totally understand that. But <laughs> um, I love the two-way guys now. Every time I see one, I text you like on the bench. It's very yeah. uh, like because I know their life. I know what they're going through. I know the ins <laughs> and outs of the struggles and like the triumphs of being on a two-way. So I love it. But yeah. uh, last personal or individual question here and then we can kick it to Jake Marsh um, for an extensive college basketball preview. So, like I said, tough week with schedule. Tomorrow night you guys play Brooklyn at home. Um, tomorrow night when we're recording this last night for the listeners, eat one by 50. And you had 15 <laughs> points. And then you play Washington Friday. I'll say that's a W. But my question here is the Lakers. You play next Monday. Yeah. Do you think, like, from your standpoint, you know all those guys, you know the coaching staff, like, will that be a little weird playing, like, against the team, your former team? Have you even thought about that yet? No, I haven't really thought about it. I, I think it's been uh, – it's been – it was weird for me during the preseason to watch the Lakers play just because I had been there. Um, obviously, seeing a lot of the guys that I've played with playing those games um, – Seeing Scotty on the bench and, and yeah, like it's also like Scottie. when you're watching the preseason too. Like as a second second year two, that's like you would have been like starting in those games. <laughs> I mean, maybe, <laughs> maybe, but uh, no, it, it's definitely been it was definitely weird at first. I think I've kind of gotten used to it now. But I think when I see all those guys, will be off all uh, good vibes. It'll right. be fun to fun to see them, and um, hopefully they'll be excited to see me as well. Yeah, I, I know there won't be like any bad blood or anything. I was just curious about the thought process going into that. Definitely. 
Yeah, no, it's it's been a it's been obviously a great journey so far in these two years, and uh, Lakers are a part of my journey. And mm-hmm. man, just super blessed and thankful to be a part of two great organizations. I actually, uh, I lodge one last question. When does the G League season start? G League season starts November eleventh. So that's first uh, games. The first games are no. Okay. The first games November tenth. First games are November tenth. Our first game is November 11th, so we'll see. We'll, we'll see what they do. Obviously, um, been blessed to, to be in, be in uh, Miami this whole entire time. But also, this, at the same time, I'm willing to do whatever it takes to just to play. I mean, I love to play, and, and I, I won't be mad or sad at all going down to Sioux Falls. Absolutely. All right, well, uh, I think if we have nothing else, we got, I think, about 45, 50 minutes with Jake Marsh. Like, like we said, great preview. This is a national preview, a little teaser. We'll have a Q's guest next week um, that has been on the show before and it's still my favorite episode we've done to date. But that's not to say last year Jake Marsh wasn't awesome. This year wasn't awesome. Um, answer all your college basketball questions. Touch on some barstool stuff. Make some predictions, but very fun. Um, I will talk to you guys next week, so I don't know if you want to sign off here yourself. Yeah, yeah, super excited for the week coming up. Obviously, hopefully we get some some wins, get in yep. the win column here. And, uh, yeah, another great week, another great episode, and let's kick it over to Jake. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome back to the Sweater Show, everyone. We have a very special guest, a repeat guest, actually, um, an orange man himself, Jake Marsh, man. Welcome back to the Sweater Show. We're happy to have you back, man. Thank you guys for having me. This is a very exciting time of year. We've got NBA uh, in full swing, college basketball starting in just a few days here. So it's, it's awesome. Jake, what would you consider yourself an expert in? Obviously, you guys talk about all these different types of sports. You have to be on your on your toes, ready for obviously NFL, NBA, um, all the all the major pro sports. But like, are you do you consider yourself a college basketball guy? Like, is that like your like expertise? Yeah, I'd say if it was a sports trivia game and there was one category I had to pick for myself, it would be college basketball. More specifically, college logos. I know every single D one D one logo in the books. That was your thing on the dozen, was it? Yeah, that was my niche yeah. category. Yeah. I was perfect, and then Jeff started using uh, secondary logos, yeah. and that's where I was screwed. Um, but yeah, I, I love looking at college logos. Well, that's that's perfect. It's perfect timing. Um, thanks again, Jake, for joining us. But I think we're going to have to claim you as our national college basketball expert moving forward because we did the same thing last year. I know we're always Q's heavy, and you're a Q's guy, but 
I think you have enough knowledge that we might need to make this like an annual thing, like a, a college basketball preview with Jake Levy checking throughout the year. So that's cool with you. I mean, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. I'm all for it. Hopefully, hopefully Syracuse is good this year. And well, let's talk about our home, our alma maters. Exactly. Um, I guess we'll start there. Like I said, we'll we'll have like a big Q's preview coming next week, a little teaser for next week's guest. But um, so you consider yourself someone in the media. You're a college basketball guy. You have me and Swider a very biased takes towards Syracuse. I think. You know, we disagree with most of what the public says and most of the expectations. But from you, who's evaluating it still as a Syracuse fan, but you got to like put bias aside and, and be someone who is an expert. What do you got? What do you? What's your expectation this year for Cuse? Like, obviously, it's such a different time in the program. But what do you think is a realistic year for the Orange? Yeah, definitely. I think overall, the biggest storyline is obviously the passing of the torch. Right, first yeah. time in all of our lifetimes that Coach Beheim is not going to be on the bench or in the locker room uh but i mean you guys would obviously know more than me but from the outside perspective adrian autry is the nicest guy yep very easy to root for and everyone loves him like obviously again you guys have better insight to that but i think that's a great first step um obviously uh we'll see about the change from zone to man and see how often that happens but in terms of personnel, um, obviously you lose some guys to the portal with Gerard and uh, Jesse Edwards, but you also return Drew Demintz, Benny Williams. You get J.J. Starling from Notre Dame, hometown kid. Um, right. So I think there's a lot of promise as well. Um, but again, the expectations, I don't know if they're all the way up here to the highest, but I think that might be a good thing, right? Because uh, every time... Every year in the Bayheim era, these last few years, uh, yes, they made some tournament runs, but the seed, the regular seasons, the ins and outs, maybe not didn't go as well as people hoped. Um, so I think now there's, there's really no target on Syracuse's back, right? So I think that right. actually could take off some pressure and be a good thing for these guys. Um, I know they have a tough schedule. They're playing in Maui, right? Which is like the most loaded yeah. Maui field ever. <laughs> Um, it's so that'll be it's unbelievable. Yeah, that'll be an early indication on what they've been up to in the off season. But they're probably going to go into that tournament as one of the underdogs, right? So, like, how often is Syracuse going into a big event as a real underdog? And that, that's what we have here. So, I think the identity of this team is different than in years past, which which could be a good thing. I agree, man. I think Red did an awesome job this offseason, the transfer portal, and even navigating the whole entire NIL space, right? The college sports is so different now. You, you might be able to touch on this a little bit more since you follow the sport. Uh, but I know Syracuse hasn't had the easiest time, especially with the departure of Adam, Adam Weissman, to, to get the, that NIL money to, to re- or at least show that they have it, right? Um, so getting Judah Mintz back, getting Naheem McLeod in, in the transfer portal, getting J.J. Starling, getting Chance Westry in the transfer portal. I, I thought he did an amazing job this this uh, offseason with, with the cards that he was dealt. Is Weitzman out? I, I know there was reports earlier. Are they still not allowed to do business together anymore? Yeah, Weitzman is out. His his suite in the Dome is gone. Um, he, he's so no longer – yeah, he's no longer a Syracuse uh, – Syracuse booster, if, if you were to so if you were so to say, yeah, I, I don't know about that. He he brought a lot of eyeballs to Syracuse basketball and Syracuse athletics that weren't really on it before. 
Um, I, I did see him posting stuff at Binghamton, so maybe he's yeah, just taking his business there. Um, but I, I don't know the ins and outs of how that decision went down, but I didn't notice anything negative that he's bringing to the program. I don't know if you guys agree or not. Yeah, no, he's definitely not bringing anything negative to the, towards the program. He's really close to Red. He's really close to Alan Griffin's, like, one of his best friends. Um, Coach Bayheim is obviously, like, a is like yeah, he's a, close a to very, very close friend. He, even when, when Patty and I were up, out in Skinny Atlas, uh, Weissman has a house out there, and he was visiting Coach Bayheim and just saying hello to him. So, um, obviously, like, I don't think he would do anything ever to hurt the program, but definitely um, it's not the same as it used to be. Yeah. Yeah, Uh Quick side note, when I was pulling down the driveway, he had, like, the nicest car I've ever seen in my life, the Rolls Royce. <laughs> I was trying sure. to pull around it and not ruin the grass, but also not hit his car. It was, like, the most nerve-wracking moment of my life. But um, kind of moving, shifting gears, like I said, we don't want to, like, like perfectly, uh, like, uh, focus on cues. But the big talk in college basketball this past week has been scrimmages, because I know there's, like, scrimmage season Titus always mentions like secret scrimmage season and I always remember growing up like Swatter when we were accused we played Pace and LeMoyne and it always seemed like teams would play those games and it was like division two teams and like I remember when I was playing division two I would follow and be like oh my god like Dominican is playing you know Rutgers this week it was always yeah, yeah, yeah. but this this year I feel like it's like big time actual matchups like Illinois just beat Kansas I know, like, Tennessee went into Michigan State and beat them. UNC played your hometown FAU Owls. And I'm just, like, wondering what you think the point slash benefit of those are from, like, those schools' perspective. And um, I guess, like, just what are you getting out of it if you're playing, like, a big-time game and it's not even really counting on the schedule? Yeah, I think there's a few ways to look at it. Uh, First off... The, the D2 thing, the D2 games, I feel like it's only going to provide negative headlines if you're the D1 school. Like this week, we just saw Louisville lose, and we yeah. saw St. John's, I think, lose to Pace. They lost Pace. So I think the chatter is going to be bad. There, there's, there's no upside, in my opinion, for right. D1 schools, well, but it's an exhibition. If a walk-on scores, that's always great. Oh, of course. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I see your point, yeah. Yeah, like (laughs) I think, I think Syracuse, yeah, Syracuse did lose to LeMoyne in like 2010. Yep. And then they ended up getting the one seed and they were the favorites. You're exactly right. To win it all. Uh, But to your point about the high major games and the exhibition, I think a lot of them are charity exhibitions. Um, So I think that might be a reason because I think that's a new trend. Uh, doing like the marquee matchups in the preseason. Right. Um, but I'm reading here the charity exhibition between Michigan State and Tennessee was to support relief following the Maui wildfires in August. Um, so I'd assume, um, obviously it's a great cause. So why not? It, it, it's a double bonus because it raises money for uh, charity, obviously. And you're getting a lot of eyeballs on college basketball at the end of October. When does that ever happen? Never, right? We're in the thick of, uh, we're in the thick of NFL. College football is coming down the stretch. NBA is just getting started. So not a lot of people are talking about college basketball in October, right? But when Tennessee, Michigan State, and Kansas and Illinois are playing each other, there's reasons to talk about it. So right. I think it's I think it's cool. 
Yeah, Sam, the asshole there. I could have done a little bit more research to find that's for charity, but <laughs> no, I, 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 I want. I've heard it. I remember I seeing that about the sure. Michigan State game. Now that you say it, but I was just yeah. more so wondering, like Kansas lose to Illinois, and people are now like, oh, they shouldn't be the number one team in the country. It's like I guess, like if it's for a good cause, of course, I'm behind it. But <laughs> yeah, so I, I, I hope we start seeing that more frequently. Yeah. Yeah, I remember when I was at Villanova, we, we played USC in an in a early season. It was like to help with wildfires and stuff like that. And uh, we lost to USC early in the year. And when we lost to USC early in the year, like the, the Nova fans were like, oh, this team's done. It's like, guys, it's it's October 17th. Like, yeah. you got some time. Like, give us a break. But it's it's, al- it's always great to kind of get, get your feet wet in, a, in an environment like that. I remember... Andy Enfield after the game said it was uh, one of the biggest wins in program history in, a, in an exhibition game. So uh, it, I, <laughs> wow. I, I think it's – yeah. But it's also funny. Like you see St. John's beat Rutgers and then you see them lose to uh, Pace, Pace, right? It's just it's just like – you see this all the time in the NBA, right? Like the Warriors, even like their 73-9 and nine season, they, they probably lost to like a bad team in the NBA. It's just like – there's so many things that happen, so many things that go on. Obviously, kids aren't going to take the D2 team as serious as, as they do Rutgers. Um, and you're, you're, at the end of the day, you're dealing with 18 to 20 year old, 22-year-old kids. Like, you're, There's going to be some downfall. Yeah, 100%. I, I, I'm double-checking this, but I feel like a year that the Lions went 0-16, they may have gone 4-0 in the preseason. I think that's true. <laughs> yeah, they did. They went 0-16 in 2008. They went 4-0 in the preseason. Like you, you, That just proves you cannot judge this at yeah, all. Yeah, yeah. Like, it, it doesn't matter. But again, is it concerning if a D1 school loses to a T2 school? I guess I'm kind of contradicting bit. myself. Yeah. But no matter what, the D1 school should always be the D2 school. You would 100%. think. 100%. 100%. I totally agree, man. But to your point, yeah, I mean, okay. with... Our listeners, I'm sure, like, this is the time of year where, like, you're kind of, like, rubbing the crust out of your eyes with college basketball season. It's like you got playoff baseball, you got the NBA coming back, you got the NFL, you got college football, and then all of a sudden it's like the clock hits November. It's like, oh, shit, we got college basketball next week too. So I, I've noticed on the schedule a couple, like, giant games, even outside of the Champions Classic. Like, I know Duke plays Zona next, next week, but what do you kind of have circled next week for – Maybe our listeners who are trying to figure out, like on that first two days, is as the two biggest game or two or three biggest games that you're like, all right, I want to check this team out. Yeah, I mean, no hesitation. It's Wednesday night, the Barstool Sports Invitational. Oh, of course, yes. <laughs> That's what I like to hear. That's like to, to hear that, Barstool. Don't yes. Is that don't next Wednesday? Friday. Yep. Next Wednesday, November eighth, Barstool yes. TV, oh, yeah. uh, seven and nine thirty Eastern. We actually have legit games. This isn't just a plug. They call me the plug guard. I'm part of my take. But this is a real... Like, I'm on Kempom right now. Kempom ranks uh, the thrill score. Yep. So how exciting each game is. We have the top two games in college basketball on Wednesday night. We have wow. number 10 FAU against Loyola Chicago. It's in Chicago. So that should be a great crowd. Right. A hometown crowd right. for Loyola against a top 10 team. It'll be their first game since losing at the buzzer in the Final Four, FAU. So it's their season opener for both teams. And then we have a high major game between Arizona State and Mississippi State. Both teams made the tournament last year. Bobby Hurley, obviously, coaching Arizona State. Mississippi State won our event last year. So opening week, I'm circling those two games. Uh, Obviously, outside of that, uh, USC Kansas State on uh, opening night. Um, A lot of bye games. So it'll be interesting to see, like, 
next on Monday, there's 113 D1 versus D1 games. Yeah. You, you know someone's going to drop a bad one. For sure. You don't know where on the board it's going to be, but it's it always happens, right? Yeah. It just happens out of left field, and you don't want to be that high major team that loses uh, to a mid major. Uh, and then Auburn Baylor is Tuesday, and then that opening Friday, I think you mentioned it: Arizona Duke, Tennessee, Wisconsin, A and M, Ohio State, Virginia, Florida. Like, sign me up. It's going to be an awesome opening. <laughs> Sign me up, man. Now, I always, I always love the first, the first week of college basketball because you actually get to see the teams play, and usually you play against a bad team, so everyone's hyped and thinking they're the best team in the country. So, right, um, I, I'm excited, man. Especially the Champions Classic every single year is, is always, it, it's, it's always a great event. That's nice. Yeah. It's actually here in Chicago, four, right? It's yeah. Uh, yeah, Michigan State, Kansas, and Duke are all in the top five. Or top four, nuts, and that that's actually here in Chicago. I think the fourteenth or fifteenth of November, so it's exciting. I didn't know Michigan State had hype like that. To be honest with you, but I didn't know until I heard about it like last week either. Yeah, but then they lost <laughs> to Tennessee. Yeah, exactly. So it's Fair like, are you gonna judge? Sport. Are you gonna judge that? But <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Tennessee's gonna be a really good team, though. I think Tennessee's gonna be a really good team this year. Yeah, yeah, but done. they're gonna lose in the tournament early, as they always yeah. do. Yeah, they will. They will. But but they didn't even have uh, Ziggler and Vescovy for the game, right? Oh, I forgot that kid was still there. Yeah, Vescovy's been, been, been there for like twelve years. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's like, like the new. Age. He's the new Perry. He's like the current Perry Ellis. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they lost. Well, they lost to FAU in the Sweet Sixteen. I was at that game in the Garden. I'm looking at the box score now. Uh, yeah, Ziegler didn't play. Vescovy did. Um. So yeah, they're they're definitely a team to look out for as well. So speaking of FAU, man, obviously you guys went on a deep run. You guys, me, like the reason why I say you guys because that, that's your hometown team. Um, and this year we got the pleasure of, of having our training camp at FAU, beautiful campus. But if you were to look at those facilities and tell me that the FAU is making it to the Final Four and Dusty May doesn't leave to always take another job and the whole entire team comes back, I probably wouldn't believe you. What was your uh, take of FAU making it to the Final Four? And did you get to watch the team throughout the year? And could you could you see that run coming? Yeah, absolutely. Well, first off, I think they lost three games last year. They were like 35-3. Yeah. They yeah. were a nine seed. I was actually watching a highlight of this right before I came on here. They had this incredible Final Four run. They were this close yeah. to not getting out of the first round. They were in a war oh. with Memphis, who's now their conference. Yeah, they're now conference rivals because FAU mm-hmm. just jumped to the AAC. So I'm sure that first game is going to be appointment television, a revenge game for Memphis. But they were this close to not even getting out of the first round. And then suddenly the bracket breaks for them because FDU beats Purdue. Yeah. So you're now a huge <laughs> favorite to get to the Sweet 16. And then they just caught fire. They beat uh, Tennessee. They beat Kansas State and Madison Square Garden. They easily could have been the national championship game. Like I mentioned earlier, they lost the buzzer to San Diego State. So they bring back like 95% of their team. Dusty May signs an extension. Like this team is for real. It's going to be a much harder road this year because I got to look at their their full schedule. But their non-conference schedule is insane. They have, uh, yeah, they have Illinois, Arizona, Arizona. do they have Gonzaga? Maybe I'm missing that. December twenty um, third. I think they scheduled it kind of late. I they play I at Arizona I, December twenty third. Oh, Arizona! Arizona. My fault. They play at Butler, which is an easy game. 
Right. So Barcelona Invitational, of course. Yeah, Barcelona Invitational. It's pretty much a road game at Loyola. Um, <laughs> but but yeah, their run last year was really cool to see. Uh, up front, they were actually we were in Columbus for the first two rounds, and they happened to be staying at our hotel. Uh, so when we got back to the hotel at the same time as them, because they were the last game of the night over Memphis, mm-hmm. Big Cat and Dave had bet on FAU and, Jer- and Jersey Jerry, and we saw them in the lobby, and they were like, great win, guys, great win. <laughs> they're all like taking pictures with each other. Uh, so yeah, that was a great memory. Uh, so yeah, I'm looking forward to watching FAU again this year, and we'll have their opening game uh, on Wednesday. Yeah, it will be interesting to see. Like, I don't know. I feel like a lot of people will kind of look at them as fluky, but like you're saying, I, I feel like they're pretty legit. Are you going to say something smarter? Yeah, no, I, I was just about to say, I mean, like you said, FAU, I, I saw them practice actually, and they, they seem like a Final Four type team, right? They have the size. They have obviously the really good guard play, um, and they practice hard, man. Dusty May has these refs coming in and calling no fouls, and, and, and they definitely muck it up in practice. So it's really good to see a team that works that hard get rewarded. Um, but, Jake, I mean, besides that, man, who do you see as real contenders this year, right? We obviously know the Blue Bloods, the Dukes, the UNCs, the Kentuckys. Uh, Kansas will obviously be right back up there. We talked about Michigan State earlier uh, being a top-five team. Um, obviously, we'd love to throw our Syracuse Orange in there. But uh, who could you see as being real real contenders this year? And, I mean, let's let's be honest. There's, there's probably – four to five teams this year that have kind of separated themselves. Um, but you never know. It's college basketball. It's early. Yeah, definitely. I think, like you said, the Blue Bloods are always going to be in the mix. Uh, Kansas getting Hunter Dickinson is the yep. biggest splash in the transfer portal. Uh, he's kind of become the villain of college basketball. Uh, <laughs> every road game, people will get on him about it. Uh, Duke returning Filipowski, and obviously next year, getting Cooper Flag is just huge for the program it's duke they don't need any boost but just them getting him is humongous yeah. um but of outside of, outside of the blue bloods um i believe miami returns those guards uh omir i believe is norchad omir i believe his name is yeah wong's gotta uh, be gone right? wong is gone yeah uh yeah not nigel pack and o- oh, omir yeah. omir is not a guard he's six seven um, yeah, and Wuga Poplar is back. Uh, they get Matthew Cleveland, the transfer. They obviously are coming yeah. from the Final Four. Uh, I like I like Coach L a lot. He just he's one of those guys where you can never doubt yourself uh, betting on him, picking him because he always finds a way. Um, but yeah, they're they're one of the teams. I always I'm a little biased, but I love what Eric Musselman does with Arkansas. Uh, he always just seems to make the right selections in the transfer portal. Um, so yeah, those are two teams outside of like the usuals. UConn could run it back. Who knows? Dan Hurley, right. awesome. Uh, yeah. So those are some teams that come to mind. We we got to throw Marquette in there too. Sweater show, big time sweater show guest Tyler Cole Tyler Kolek. Yeah, first, first team All American uh, preseason. First team All American man. Um, Absolutely. Obviously, you talk about those teams. Do you see in the ACC, you obviously talked about Miami. Do you see UNC getting back to form this year? Obviously, they had a historic run to the national championship two years ago. Had a very disappointing year last year. Caleb Love leaves, goes to Arizona. Um, do you see UNC getting back into form this year? Obviously, I, they do have the players. They do have 
uh, a great a great coach in Hubert Davis. But what is your expectation for the Tar Heels this year? Yeah, I mean, getting Armando Baycott, he's another one of those guys who feels like he's been around forever, but he has been. <laughs> he, he could be the best player in college basketball this year. Like last year we were saying this, right? That he could be yeah. the best player. So the fact that he's, he's back again, uh, Cormac Ryan, I feel like it's rare to, I guess it's becoming more common to see uh, transfers within the conference. He's in from conference, Notre Dame. Yeah. Um, but I feel like it's becoming more normalized. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. recently um, RJ Davis is still around so I, I think look they're obviously a historical program Hubert Davis I think has what it takes to be a great coach he obviously took them to the championship game two years ago uh, I could see them making another run uh, they're starting at number 19 in the preseason poll um, which seems obviously. a little low based off of the talent that they have yeah and they're actually a team similar to Syracuse where Past years, so much hype, so much. T- they had a huge target on their back. Now they're going to get slept on. Like, I didn't even consider them when you guys asked for title contenders a few minutes ago, right. but um, maybe that's good for them. Like, who knows? Like, yeah. last year they had like that Sports Illustrated like remake of the, uh, the Dean Smith picture with yeah. one of his teams, and they reenacted that as if they're going to be this huge team, number one preseason, and they missed the tournament. So, um, maybe that'll benefit them too. Well, that yeah, that was like the whole equation to figure out going into the season last year. Is like, is this going to be the team that they were for five months or for like three weeks where they were just like got so hot and ran through everybody? And unfortunately for them and their fans, it ended up being the first version. But yeah, um, kind of on that point though. No, go ahead. I saw Hubert Davis at my Washington Wizards workout, Jake, and you'll like this. We. Uh, Obviously, the first thing he said to me is like, "Man, I'm so happy that you're you're out of college basketball." And that was obviously my, my best game in my college career. <laughs> but uh, hell yeah, I I uh, I go to him. I was like, "Hey, like your the start of that run was against us, be, beating us." Like, it Pat, Patty knows this. Like, it was. the feeling was if we win that game, I don't think they make the tournament. No, they were playing for their lives. Like it was like the late then. February. Late February. Didn't they lose at home to like an awful pit team at the time yeah. too? They, yes. I think they lost two days before they played us, and they were like really on the ropes. Like they were on the bubble. They were like Lenardi was like, like they need to, like this could be America's team on the bubble that we're all going to be rooting for and this and that. And then they go on this. They obviously beat us, beat Duke at Duke, win like two or three games in the ACC tournament, get the eight seed. And then obviously going the historical run to the national championship and probably should have won that game for Oh yeah, it was an overtime sure. game. Oh yeah. Us, yeah. Thirty-six recall. Yeah. <laughs> it was actually nuts. You know, Jake, you know actually, how they do that tradition where they start like a walk on? Yeah. For senior day. Like they started a walk on. who was the kid, Swatter? I felt bad uh, James McAdoo. Was he a walk on? Ryan McAdoo. James was really his older brother, right? Ryan, yeah. I actually have a very funny story about this, but go ahead. I'll tell it after. Well, I mean, they started the walk on and they put him on Cole, and Cole hit like four threes, the first four possessions. I felt very bad for the kid. <laughs> Usually they so, just put uh, him in and then like call a timeout. They kept him in for a few Yeah, minutes. no, it was like first 90 seconds. Swider just shot three threes and made all <laughs> of them. <laughs> so, Patty, funny story. I, I, didn't, I don't even think I've told my dad this story. I, I've been meaning to tell him this because it's really cool. So, Bob McAdoo. Played for Coach Riley with the Lakers for for years, mm-hmm. and then he was assistant coach for the Heat for years as well. 
So we're at FAU during training camp, and and he's he's there. He's there the first couple of days, and then like I told you before, I, I try to go in early and get my lifts in and everything like that. And Bob McAdoo wa- walks in early one day. He's like, "Hey, uh, Cole," and I'm like, "Holy crap! This is Bob McAdoo, legend." It doesn't cross my mind that it was obviously his son that I played against in UNC, right? He comes up to me, and he's like, uh, "Man, you didn't have to do my son like that when we, when we played him on senior night." <laughs> it really wasn't was his like, fault. I was like, what are you talking about? He was like, he was like, man, my son guarded you for the first couple possessions, and then you end up lighting up, lighting him up for 36, and he couldn't even get a shot off because of you. So uh, thanks, man. <laughs> and then, yeah. And, and after that, it was it was great. But no, I, it was so funny because at the beginning of the game, Coach Beheim goes, he goes, all right, they're starting the walk-on. Whoever the walk-on's guarding, <laughs> we're, we're going 1-4 flat, just shoot the ball, son. Just get, like, score. <laughs> So literally the first play of the game, Joe sees Joe sees the walk-on zombie, throws me the ball, has he three. Second play of the game, two dribble pull-up, cash. Five points in like the first like Patty said, like literally like first thirty yeah, seconds. It was immediate. And then he got subbed out. Then he got subbed out and Yeah. Yeah. I felt oh, bad. Did, a tough one. did they give him an ovation? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he got a little clap. Like it was like We're up like we're up like twelve three when he got yeah. out of the game. They, they, they I like, think it actually might have been a timeout. Yeah. Oh, my God. By the way, I got confused. So, Bob, yeah, he used to be affiliated with the Heat, but James Michael McAdoo was the UNC player that I was thinking of. Yeah, and yep. he was on the Warriors for a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But kind of a perfect segue here. I wanted to ask you about, um, so not to steal the segment, but I was like I said before we started recording, I listened to you on Titus last week. Very good show. I recommend it to anyone who's tuning in. But um, you kind of float out this idea of good for the sport for college basketball and like, I don't know whether it's games that are played or people getting in headlines. Um, we mentioned Patino before. He's so much like when Rick Patino's in, in college basketball, it's good for the sport. But yeah, how do you look at um, like a UNC legend, like Caleb Love or a Michigan legend, Hunter Dickinson, these guys that are like ingrained in those programs history. And then they end up leaving and finishing their careers elsewhere. I think that's such a popular complaint by right now by like old guys that love old school college basketball. So it is like kind of solving the issues of guys staying in college, but what do you make of uh, like them leaving and going somewhere else? And and do you think that's good for the sport or something that's kind of like a, a black eye of the new transfer thing? Yeah, I think there's a few ways to look at it. One way is in terms of like the team that they left their initial fan base and how they feel about it. Like Caleb Love, you immediately think North Carolina. Hunter Dickinson, you immediately think Michigan. So like in terms of a legacy, um, will we see those guys like in have their numbers retired because they left? Maybe not anymore. But in terms of the overall picture, uh, I think it's great for the sport, right? Because you have more storylines and more drama. Like could you imagine if North Carolina plays Arizona in the tournament? Michigan plays Kansas. Like, think about what... That's an announcer's way to look at it. That's a a storyline. Exactly. So, (laughs) I think that puts, like we mentioned earlier, it might uh, allow the chance for people who don't regularly watch college basketball like us to tune into a tournament game because you have this super villain in Hunter Dickinson who could potentially be playing and... Uh, I don't know, a Sweet 16 game as number one Kansas takes on a four-seed Michigan for the right to go to the Elite Eight. Like, just picture that. So right. um, if, yeah. if these guys stay at the school, obviously they're going to help build their legacy at that school, but you're not really getting any extra 
juicy storylines on the side. So I think it depends which lens you want to look at it in. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah, I totally agree. Because it, it is like, it's two complaints at the same time. Because you're like, I hate when people leave early, but then if they do stick around and now it's like, I don't know. In both those situations, too, I feel like Caleb Love, it was like both sides. It was like a mutual parting of ways. Right. And I don't know the details of how each happened, but yeah, just looking at it right. without all of the facts, which I guess yeah. is what we do yes. here on podcasts, right? We just rush to judge. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, it's it, it's always hard to tell, right? Towards the end, it just seemed like it just wasn't a good marriage and it was probably best for both of them to move on. But speaking, we've obviously talked about a bunch of players here. I have my National Player of the Year pick um, and also a preseason national title prediction. I'm a little biased, obviously. But um, who would be your National Player of the Year pick? And then while we're at it, we might as well just throw in the national title pick as well. Hmm. And then we're going we're gonna to come back to this in March and, and uh, see how right or wrong you were. Okay. Um, <laughs> yep. Player, I think... Zach Eady has a huge chip on his shoulder. He's yeah. obviously huge, no pun intended. But At what they're point coming. Do we up... Stop giving it to big guys. Yeah, I, they just—I don't know. You know more than us, Cole. But the the difference in height in college basketball is so much more important than in the NBA, right? Because in the NBA, yeah. every, everyone seems like they're big. Everyone's plus size in the NBA, and then the, obviously the physicality is it, it, it takes away. Obviously, there's Victor. Victor's a a specimen but besides that everyone's around the same size yeah yeah so zach Eady coming off of one of the worst losses in college basketball history uh with fairly dickinson and purdue i feel like and i think everyone else from that team is gone except him um for the most part everyone mm-hmm. else that like regularly played in the lineup let me double check that uh i think their guards might be back but they struggled yeah. last they, year. They had some, some young guards. They yeah. some young guards. Yeah, yeah. Fletcher Lawyer. Fletcher yeah, Lawyer's yeah. back. That's uh, exactly what I'm thinking of. But everyone else yeah. in their projected lineup is going to be a sophomore, except Lance Jones, who's a transfer from Southern Illinois. So I think Zach Eady just their game plan is just going to be give me the ball and get out of the way. Right. So I think he can rack up some stats. Um, Purdue is preseason number three. So we'll see. Yep. I don't want to double down and say they're going to win it all because saying a Big Ten team's going to win it all is, as we know, never, never a nice pick. Never, never a good pick because we're still oh, looking at Michigan State in 2000. Last time it happened. Last time a 16 beat a one the next year. UVA cut down the nets. That's true. That's yeah. true. One way to look so that, at it. Yeah, that is the ultimate redemption story. Right. What if we just, what if we just say screw it and say Purdue's going to win it all? But we would look so stupid if they're out in the first round. Well, I also I. I just don't want to root for Purdue. I'll like be honest. <laughs> You're not a Purdue guy. I, I just don't know if I, I'm not a big guy guy. Yeah, like it does that's seem fair. Fun. You guys but know there was, uh, a, there was a take in our in our group chat last year. We have a group chat of of Patty, Jimmy, Jimmy Beheim, and myself. 
Um, the group chat is actually called podcast with a question mark because we always talked about doing a podcast together. But uh, there's a take that if Purdue did not have Zach Eady last year, they wouldn't have been a tournament team. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's it's no initial pushback for me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, it's, it's, it is yeah. hard. To, I try to I try to argue it, and then, then it was it was during the the loss to FDU. And I'm like, no, like they, Matt yeah. Rainer's a good coach. They would have found another big guy. This and that, and it's. Then you watch the game, you're like, these guys, like, yeah, I don't know, they just yeah. missing shots, and yeah. it's just tough to argue. I hate right, picking so. national champions because the last two years when I filled up my bracket, I remember this. <laughs> my champion has been knocked out on day one, the last two years. <laughs> two years ago, I picked Kentucky to win it all. They lost to St. Peter's. St. Peter's. Last year, I picked Arizona. Did the same all. thing that year. <laughs> they lost to Princeton. So, just out of uh, spite, reverse jinx, or not a reverse jinx, just a jinx, I'll say Duke. Damn, Duke's oh, on it all. Yeah. I love it. Bummer. <laughs> That's Filipowski's a like, back. galaxy brand way of thinking. Jeremy Roach. I just got to tip my cap to the Duke Blue Devils. They're going to win it all, guys. Sorry. I love it. That's what. That's the most part of my take type of, type of thing. <laughs> it was. It's a perfect <laughs> way of thinking. I learned from the best. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Wait, Swatter, who was your pick? For national champions, I'm going to go with uh, Marquette, the Marquette Golden Eagles. Right. Shout out to my boy Tyler Cole. He, that's also my national player of the year pick. So uh, even though they lost to Michigan in, in the close scrimmage, I still got them uh, taking it this year. I was uh, I was going to pick Creighton, but then, Jake, I'd be curious to hear your thoughts. Why are people like kind of underrating the Nemhard departure? Um, I don't know. I mean... Didn't he miss like the tournament the year before? Pick them as my national title pick. Didn't but he point guard is so important. When did he miss? He missed a significant amount of time somewhere. It was his was past it, year. Was it last year? Yeah. Yeah, and people were like, "Oh, this is such a big deal." But I don't, I don't know. They're number eight preseason. Yeah. So, um, but no, that's. I, I think Patty to, to answer your question, I think. That everyone wants Trey Alexander to be that guy, and now I would like, rather have a senior no than a, someone who's well, Trey like, Alexander's got to be going to be a senior as well. Wait, he what is he? Junior. I don't even know who that kid is. I'll be junior. honest with you. He was uh, he's, he's number twenty three. Um, he's like a six five combo guard. Did he transfer to Creighton though, or was he there? No, he's been there. Yeah, he's been there. That's my. Bad. Um, yeah. They also have another big. And on their end, Ryan Kalkbrenner, he's like amazing yeah. too. Didn't they make the Elite Eight? Yeah. Yeah, last year they were in the Elite Eight. Yeah. yeah, and then Baylor Shireman, he was two years ago, I remember when they landed him in the portal from South Dakota State, who was like un- almost undefeated. That was like such a big deal, right? When right. they landed him and he's back. So I think they're a sneaky team too. I, I like that one two punch of them and Marquette in the Big East. The Big East, by the way, and I said this on the Titus show. Yeah, it's the best. Storylines galore this year. Yeah. Do you think do you think UConn's being Ooh, underrated a little bit? What was that? Do you think UConn's being like underrated a little bit? Like, do you think Hurley will have the guys going? Like, oh, there's yeah. three teams ranked ahead of us. Like, they don't believe Definitely. us anymore, even though. And if anyone can hype up their guys and hold a grudge and saying we're being disrespected more than Dan Hurley, I want to see it because that right. man, yeah, he knows how to get into his guys. But yeah, you mentioned uh, Cooley and Providence too, Cole. I mean, Georgetown, Providence, that's a day where you 
you clear your schedules. They're not going to be the two best teams. It might not be a marquee matchup, but storylines, drama, going to be incredible. It might be the eighth and ninth best team in, in the Big East going going at it, but it's going to be a it's going to be a hell of a hell of a game. Who cares? It's going to be the best game that day, no matter what. Oh, 100%. 100%. If Duke and UNC are playing that day, I'd rather watch Cooley's return really? to the, the Dunkin' Donuts Center. That might be a hot take. Uh, yeah, I don't know. If that I'll is a very hot take. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's the same day, but uh, yeah, like we we saw that that two years ago with uh, Chris Beard, who's not even yeah. the coach oh, of Texas um, anymore. But when he went to Texas Tech, that was insane. They had no right. chance of winning that game just because the students were all fired up. I feel like we're going to see that on steroids uh, when Cooley goes back to Providence. Yeah, it's just going to be a bunch of like shit-faced students in the, <laughs> in the student section just freaking out at the guy. Yeah. Playing at, playing at Providence is a really good the dunk weird environment like, yeah it's 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 a crazy place to play i remember before i went to villanova i went to the game um villanova at providence i think this is 2018 when they, when they won the national championship and that's when they had jalen brunson omari spellman eric pascal mm-hmm. uh mikhail bridges dante all those guys and uh obviously villanova was like number one in the country they go there they lose to providence at the dunk and the whole entire time they're saying Fuck you, Jay Wright. Fuck you. It's like, like literally, like the president of the school wrote an apology to Jay Wright over, like, because of the, the way the, the students acted. If that's how it is for Jay Wright at Providence, like at Providence, can you imagine what this Cooley crowd is going to be like? It's going to be unbelievable, insane. Nothing we've ever seen. But yeah, I mean, to put a bow on this conversation, I think I'm looking through the stands right now just to be different. I'm going to pick a. Uh... Jake, I'm going to pick the must-bust. I'm going to say Arkansas wins the national championship. Wow. They're due to break through. I mean, they, they made the, the they second weekend three talent. straight years. Yeah, yeah. they always like go to the Elite Eight. I think they break through here. And they got like a, a, a team built for March. So I can't well, wait to see my head shake with them. And 17 and don't make the tournament. Yeah. No, I haven't. I haven't, Jake. What's, what's your handshake with him? I had a handshake <laughs> with him when we visited Fayetteville a few years ago. I don't know if you have the capability to pull it up here, but I'll send it to you after. I've seen it's awkward. It's it's tough luck. (laughs) I'm an awkward person, socially awkward person. I just totally botched a dap up with him. (laughs) Like, I think I went in for a handshake and he went in for a hug or a dap up and a hug. And it just went viral right after that. Uh, We can definitely find the clip and put it out. I remember seeing it at the time. But, I mean, it happens to the best of us. When you're nervous in that situation, like, he's such a fiery (laughs) guy. You're probably going in for the hard handshake. Yeah. Yeah, so it was something. But, uh, yeah, he's the man. Very easy to root for. I want to jump in here really quick. This is the perfect time uh, to get it on the record that I'm picking Binghamton out of the America East this year. So, uh, Jake, I'm wondering who you win the national the title? Um, we'll see. If they can get past, you know, Michigan State, we'll, we'll see. Um, but Jake, Jake's of Vermont um, does some Vermont games, right? So I want to hear who you have at the America East this year. And uh, why not Binghamton? Why not Samir Torrance? Because Vermont's <laughs> in their conference. That's why. <laughs> There's no reason to pick anyone but them. But yeah, that was my first job out of school. Right after graduating from Syracuse, I was their radio play-by-play guy uh, for two years. Awesome time. We got to go to the tournament. It's pretty sick. Vermont has a great program. Uh, John Becker does an unbelievable I, I mean, you've seen it firsthand. John Becker does an unbelievable job. So 
Shout out to the Catamounts, but we're obviously rooting for Simon Torrance this year to make it make it out of the American tournament. Have a big year. But yeah, no. Uh Jake, it's been a pleasure having you on. I am gonna be coming to, hopefully I'm gonna be coming to Chicago pretty soon. And uh maybe I could visit the office. I mean, it seems like a sick studio. If you guys are watching the 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 video or the the visual on YouTube, you guys will see Jake is in a in a sick setup in Chicago right now. So uh, hopefully I can hopefully I can stop by. Yeah, absolutely. If you're here in Chicago with the team in a few weeks, would love to have you by. We got a full court, so you can get some shots up. And if it's a game day, you can get you can uh, do your pregame shoot around here. You and any of your teammates <laughs> would love to have you guys. Uh, that's awesome, man. That's awesome, man. Patty, any uh, any closing remarks to uh No, nah, thank you so much again. This is awesome. Like I said, uh throughout the year. Like what maybe when Cuse wins the Maui invitational, you could come back down and we could we could break it down. But um I don't know if you have anything else to plug. I was gonna give you some some shine here for the Barstool invitational, but you already you know did your job and got out in front of it. But anything else to plug for the listeners, go ahead. But uh yeah, other than that, thank you so much. Yeah, that's all. I'm excited for a great season. Uh Hopefully Syracuse is good. We watching them every game and uh, yep. Cole. He oh wait, wait, wait! Actually, sorry to cut you off. One more question: How do you think Coach does in the booth from an announcer yourself? Oh, Beheim. Yeah, I'm very excited for that because I'm just envisioning <laughs> him talking about. I mean, I, I hope he talks about players and opponents the way that he talks about them in post game press conferences, and it just does not hold back. Like that would be amazing television. I, I hope it happens. What do you guys think? Do you think he's going to be a little uh, – is he just going to be relentless or is he going to be a little softer on the guys? Cole, you go first. Yeah, I, I've been thinking about this a lot, actually. It's, 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 been, it's been in my thoughts a lot these past couple of weeks, when, when, especially when I saw him sign the contract, right? Because uh, we had heard we had heard from Buddy. But, I, but my thing was, like, there's no way he can, like, actually go there and, like, just, just commentate the game and not have like harsh opinions, right? Like, right. That's the that's the Beheim that we know. And one thing that I love about Coach Beheim, but a lot of people like don't like, is just like he's very like quick in the moment, just to get like super like aggressive, angry, and then like obviously, and obviously as a commentator, you don't have those same emotions. Um, but I would say at the beginning he'll be able to hold it together, mm-hmm. and then when the game gets heated and, and, and tight I feel like he's going to go to his natural personality natural type type of way of thinking yeah I, I'm really interested to see it I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what games he's on because I will be tuning in I, I imagine what if I called a game with him one day that'd be pretty sick oh that'd be amazing <laughs> that'd be unbelievable that would be you incredible call a game with him Oh my god! I wonder if you're gonna have him do Q like A couple of years before he could do a Q game. Like I feel like he's too. Oh, he'd be so bullish. Yeah. Didn't so Jay Wright do Villanova last year? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, he, he did a first, Villanova games. Yeah. It was his first year with CBS. Yeah, no, he, he. I remember specifically he did the Penn game, and uh, I bet that was weird for him because you really can't root for your own. Right. Like you can't really can't root for the team when you're commentating, but. It's definitely uh it's definitely like a weird a weird thing to go yeah. about. Yeah, I agree I with what you're have... saying. Gosh. Sorry, I, I agree with what you're saying because you look at some of the biggest names in college basketball media, like Jay Billis is a Duke guy, but you don't really think about that because he's so yeah. professional and he's down the middle. Like he'll criticize Duke. Seth Davis, Duke guy. Um so I, I agree with what you're saying, like if Bayon were to call a Q's game this year, these are guys that 
he coached and he recruited. Right. If you wait three or four years, he, he won't be as well connected. So it might be easier to be down the middle. Yeah. It's also the difference with him too is like, even if he didn't do this this year and if he just took the year off and like hung out and he always says like, he's not going to go to Q's games if he didn't go to any and like, you didn't see it here from him at all. When you flip on a Syracuse basketball game, the first name you think of, no matter what, is Jim Bayhat. So when he's calling a game that's also, like, he's literally the program, like, synonymous with the program to this point, it's, yeah, it'll be interesting. But I do think he'll be very, very good at it. Absolutely. I his, think... His yeah. name is on the court, Patty. His name's on yeah, the court. Yeah, I mean, he's, <laughs> it might as well, like, the school should be named after him. Like, it's, it's to that point where it's, like, that's... The program has literally never known basketball without him. So we'll right. yeah, see how it goes. It also but, should still be Carrier Dome, but I'm sure yeah. you guys agree. It's just weird. Like, no one calls it the JMA Wireless Dome. No, it's the Dome. Carrier Dome. Yeah. Jake, last – I lied to you. Last question for me, man. I'm a big part of my Take fan. I listen all the time. I think those guys are hilarious. Do you have any quick last-second story for us about part of my Take or just funny moments or even just a – even just a – like a like a daily a daily thing that you guys do to get, kind of get to kind of get going on 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 the show. Hmm. I'm, t- I'm trying to think of specific stories. I'd say overall, they're exactly how they are on on the podcast in real life. Um, that's like the it. number one question I get is what are they like in real life. Um, but they're 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 so good to me. They're they're so good at what they do. Um, obviously, starting a new era here in Chicago, sitting in our yeah. studio right now. Um, the other big question I used to get is, "What do PFT's eyes look like?" But now, yeah. well, the world knows. See so that's a rest. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. But yeah, those guys are incredible. It's so cool being a part of this uh, journey with them, uh, and going on trips with them. We go to the Super Bowl every week, the Final Four. I saw you at the Final Four, Cole. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah we I was about to say that. Yeah, we saw each other. I don't know if it was the Final Four or the championship game, but I remember it was in Houston. Um, yep. That was on one of our like big trips. We always go to the Super Bowl in the Final Four every year. So, uh, yeah, it's really cool being a part of this. You know, I was over my Syracuse Orange, but Jake, really appreciate you, man. Like I always say, there's nothing like the Syracuse family. Everyone, uh, everyone looks out for each other, and we appreciate you coming on the show once again. Jake Marsh, college basketball expert and part of my take. And an upcoming broadcaster as well. So w- watch out for him this year as, as obviously he's he's taking the role by storm. So thanks again, man. Thank you guys for having me. Cole, heat culture, baby. Let's go. Yeah, absolutely. Let's do it. Thank Let's you, man. My man. I'm reckless. I'm dumb. According to you, but you don't know shit. Huh? You don't know how I move. I'm rolling. I'm smoking and do. I ain't telling lies, baby. You know that I'm the truth. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. 
the trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. What's up, everybody? Thank you guys for tuning in. We really hope you enjoyed this week's show. To find out who will be joining us next week, make sure you're following us on all social media platforms at Swider Show on Instagram, at Swider Show on Twitter, and at Swider Show on TikTok. We also recently developed our very own YouTube page, www.youtube.com slash at Swider Show, and subscribe. You can send in a mailbag question to be featured on the show, swidershow at gmail.com. And of course, if you haven't already, make sure to turn on those notifications so you never miss an episode week to week. Cole Swider Show with Patty Casey is presented by Blue Wire Podcast and our executive producer, Adam Lewis. Swider Show was created by Cole Swider, Patty Casey, and producer Adam Lewis. All rights reserved. Thank you guys. We'll see you next week.